Hi, my name is Caroline, and I'm so glad that you're joining us on our Grace Journey podcast. At Grace Church, we are all about knowing God and reflecting His way. I hope this sermon will do just that by feeding your mind with the knowledge of God and engaging your heart to live a life reflecting His grace and truth. So I don't know about you guys, but when my kids were little, they asked a lot of questions all the time. Maybe all kids ask a lot of questions, but it would seem to me that my kids had more questions than normal kids did. That's just my perception of this thing. Everywhere we go, everything we did, there were always questions. Most of the questions didn't strike me as particularly important, though they thought they were super critical. Because they didn't seem very important to me, oftentimes I would just remain quiet as they asked question after question after question. And I'd leave those questions just sort of hanging in the air because there were just so many. I couldn't answer them all. I often would just wonder sometimes with all the questions they would ask, if I didn't ask, answer them, what would happen next? I just kind of wondered to myself, like a little science experiment. I did notice over time that if they circled back to the same question, then it probably mattered. They probably were thinking about something. They needed some more information. They were spinning on something. And so if they came back to that question, I knew it mattered more than some of the other questions they were asking. I don't know if this was good parenting, but that's just how I did it. Before I went away on my clergy renewal time, I was working with some mentors, some coaches, helping me get ready for that time. And one of the things that I did for myself personally is why I came up with four questions. Four questions that I wanted to ask God about in my time away, in my time of prayer. Four significant, hugely important questions to me personally that I wanted to hear God hopefully speak about. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Unless you come to the coffee hour, and then I'll tell you all four. There's a little tease for you. So I had these four questions at the beginning of my time away, and then it occurred to me, why should God even answer me? Why should he even bother to give me the answers that I'm looking for on these four questions? He's busy, right? God's got sick people to deal with. He's got uh, hurting folks all over the world. The economy seems to be going into recession. Come on, God, fix that. Whatever this trade thing's going on with China, God, get involved quickly, you know. God, and that doesn't even count salvation or redemption. Hey, he's a busy guy. My questions, they seem kind of small. They were important to me, but in the light of the world, they just seemed insignificant. Like maybe I had already used my allotment of questions, and God didn't need to answer these. Maybe he was just going to let these slide and be silent unless I circled back enough to them, and then he might answer them. It's true, I think, though, that it feels like God has a lot on his plate, right? Illness, Satan, sin, wickedness. It's a mess out there, so why would God have time to answer questions from one guy? I mean, I know I work for the guy, so maybe I'm a little bit higher up. No. 
I mean, I think I'm moderately clever, so maybe he owes me, right? No. Why should God care about any of our stuff? Why should he answer any of our questions, our mess? Why should he be involved in any of our issues is a really significant question. One that I hope, like me, you have also wondered about. Why is God getting involved in this? Where is he? Because it would seem to be true to say, isn't it enough that he gave us life, that he gave us this world, that he gave us hope, he gave us redemption, he gave us so much, and yet we're always asking for more. Wouldn't it be enough to say, gosh, you guys, slow your roll, pump the brakes, enough with the questions. Why should God care about everything that's on our hearts and minds? Does he? It's a very, very important question. So with that in mind, let's look at today's gospel, Luke chapter 13. Feel free to look along with me if you'd like. We see Jesus coming into the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he's invited to come forward and teach. That's, that was his hobby. That was his practice. That's what he does. And as he's teaching, there is a woman with a debilitating ailment that she's had for 18 years. That is a long time. She comes into the synagogue, and Jesus, he sees her. And then he calls her over, and he says to her, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. Incredible. And then he lays hands on her to emphasize what he's doing here. And just as a side note, if you've ever gone back for prayer, during the communion time, you want somebody to pray with you, they oftentimes will lay hands on you. Why do we do that? Jesus did it. It's right here in Scripture. We're doing the same thing. It's a sign of us coming together under the power of the Holy Spirit. It's what he did, so we're doing it too. As soon as he touches her, Scripture says she stood up straight, and she begins to praise God. That is an incredible story. That would be enough for the story to end right there. That answers the question, does God care about this woman? Does he care about her 18 years of suffering? Does he want to give her immediate relief? The answer to all of that is yes, he cares. She matters. He, she is important. And why does God care? What does he want for her? What does he want from her? Nothing except, and please pay attention to this, because this is the only thing I want you to remember today. Jesus wants her to know what he wants you to know today, and it's simply this. He's crazy about you. God is crazy about you. Now, that's not the end of the story, is it? There's more to this story. The leaders of the synagogue, the priests, the guys who maybe look like me, they rush forward, and they very quickly say, oh, no, oh, no, you don't, uh-uh. Today is the Sabbath. Today is the day of rest. There will be no healing today. Keep that healing to yourself. Hands off, buddy. Back up. There are six other days in the week. Save your healing mojo for those days. We don't need it today. What does this tell us about the priest's understanding of God? Here's what I think they're saying. When they're talking about God, they're saying, look, God is busy. He's got stuff to do. So don't 
bother him by making him come right now and fix this woman tomorrow. Tomorrow's fine. She's been at it 18 years. What's 18 years in one day, right? What's the difference is what these priests are saying. Here's what I want you to hear me very clearly say. These priests, these leaders of God's assembly, they saw God just as if he were like us. They saw God as if he were human. And so they come forward and they say, there's a, lot, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do healing. And Jesus, this is the wrong way. To which Jesus says, really? You sure about that? You care for your animals on that day of rest because you don't want them to suffer. And yet you'll let other humans suffer. And again, it begs the question, why does God care for you? Why does he care for me? Why does he care about us? The answer is so simple. He's crazy about you. He's crazy about you. He's so crazy about you that your wants and your needs and your hurts and, yes, even your questions are important to him. The priest's mistake is to make God like us. And Jesus reminds them, as he reminds us today, that God is not like us. He doesn't have limits. He doesn't need boundaries. He's not ignoring you or the situation that you're in, whatever that is today. He is crazy about you. He's crazy about the broken and the afflicted, the overwhelmed and the happy and the helpless. He's not holding back quietly, hoping that you'll forget your question hoping that maybe you'll circle back and then realize how important that is, and then you force him to answer. That's not what he's doing. He's nuts about you and about me and about them. And here's what I want you to do with this information. If God is crazy about you, what should you do about it? I want you to do two things. You can write these in your bulletin, but I think you can remember them too. The first thing I want you to do with the knowledge that God is crazy about you is to believe it. Is to believe it. I want you to believe that God is crazy about you. Now, you might think, oh, that's easy. I can believe that. You don't. I know you don't. Many of you think that God is just like you, that he's swamped and he's overwhelmed. He's tired. He's bored. He's distracted. And maybe he's on his iPhone, which must be very large. <laughs> maybe God's lost or overwhelmed, just like we are. And so because you think that God is like all those things, maybe he's not so crazy about, after you, about you after all. To which I would say, he is not any of those things. He's crazy about you, and he wants you today, right now, to believe it. You aren't a bother to him. You do not annoy him. He's not looking to find a way to tell you just to hush up quiet. Instead, he wants you to believe he is who he said he is, who he's shown you to be, and how he wants you to remember who that is again right now, that he's crazy about you. He is way into you, and so he wants you to believe it, and I want you to believe it. That's the first thing I want you to do today. The second thing I want you to do is tell other people that God is crazy about them. Because I know that our world does not believe this. They do not think that God cares about them in this way, that God 
is so crazy about them. Most of the people that you know, they wonder if God even knows their name. Particularly the people who don't know God. They wonder if they're, if they're on his radar screen at all. And if they do think they're on his radar screen, it's for all the wrong reasons. That because God wants to judge them. God is looking to enforce his rules. That God wants to spank them like a parent might spank a child. That God wants to correct them and corral them. All of which is to say that God is just a bigger version of you and I. That's what parents do, but that's not who God is. He is totally unique, and people, the people in your life, the people outside these four walls, they are desperate to know it. Do you guys know who Chip Gaines is? I bet many of the uh, people who like the HGTV network know who he is. So Chip Gaines has a show with his wife. I think her name is Joanna. Uh, is that right? Yeah, I'm being correct. I'm being told. Yes, confirms. Yes, Joanna's her name. Uh, they have this show called Fixer Upper. I have seen this show. It is cute. Um, they have a, a, a company called Magnolia. And this week on their website, Chip decided to write a little blog post about kind of his thoughts and his feelings. And his blog post got some national attention. Because in his writings, he mentions the shooting in El Paso and in Dayton. And this is what he wrote. He said, I've been thinking a lot about kindness lately, about where it starts and what keeps it moving from one person to the next. And I believe that we're all made in a likeness to each other. And because of that, our hearts are naturally drawn towards each other. But the one thing about kindness, he writes, is it's a choice. So he goes on from there to encourage people to choose kindness, to choose acts of kindness to each other over the other things that we seem to be choosing instead. And what struck me about Chip's words was how hungry the world is. I would say how desperate the world is to be reminded that somebody, anybody really, loves them, is crazy about them. Instead, we're left alone thinking we're all by ourselves or there's just a very small group of people who are thinking about us, who care about us. I would argue that the kindest thing that you can do today is tell them that the God of all creation is thinking about them right now. That he is thinking and dreaming about them and is crazy about them. So I want you to believe it for yourself and then I want you to tell the people in your life that God is crazy about them. Because here's what happens if you do that. If you believe it and you tell somebody else, you'll start experiencing the craziness of God's love in your life. You and the people around you, they will see God not as just a bigger version of ourselves, but the God that he really, really is. Think about who needs to hear this. Children need to hear this, that God is crazy about them. The parents of those children need to hear that God is crazy about those children and the parents. Folks who are scared about our economy or their job or where their next paychecks are going to come from, they need to know that God is crazy about them. Anybody who's sick or struggling with illness, anybody who is hunched over like that lady, anybody who's just happy to be alive today, all of this group of people needs to know that God is crazy, is crazy about them. So, you have this message. 
this message that everyone is waiting, and I would argue is longing to hear. God is crazy about you. I want you to believe it for yourself. But I don't want you to tell everybody you know. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To find out more about what's going on here at Grace Church, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, our website, graceocala.org, or, of course, on our campus here in sunny Ocala, Florida. Go in peace.